We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Wrestling with the Basics is made possible in part by a generous gift from Set Apart to Serve, uh, the church work recruitment initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Our churches are blessed to have pastors from all walks of life, uh, formerly military veterans, engineers, entrepreneurs, are are just dumb guys like me and Matt. Our Lord calls them all, doesn't he, Matt? From all backgrounds, all types. We're, we're evidence of that, John. <laughs> uh, with a passion for the word and a heart for the gospel to be pastors, I'd say that was true of you and me. If you or a friend have been praying and thinking about a second career as a pastor in Christ Church, the Set Apart to Serve team wants to help you put your experience and skills uh, our lack thereof, <laughs> to use in pastoral ministry. Visit weareyourseminaries.org. That's weareyourseminaries.org. And now we continue with our show. Well, John, I was just, can I add something to that? Sure. Yeah, you know, we, you know we, you, we've mentioned before, you and I are kind of uh, first career pastors, right? Yeah. But, but think, I was just thinking, you know, Jesus, as he calls the disciples, all the disciples were second career guys, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were fishermen, tax collectors, zealots. I guess that's a job, you know. <laughs> signing the zealot. Yeah. That's on your. What do you do for a living? I'm a zealot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, you know, the point being, you know, Jesus, I, I would think intentionally calls guys uh, who are uh, have been on the world and and to use that experience and the the gifts that God has given for the ministry. Uh, and then that specific ministry is apostles in their case, right? But but still today for that that office of pastor to use the gifts that people have and, and you know uh, from their careers and from their life experiences, yeah, thanks be to God. That's that's fantastic. And and the thing is, the harvest is plentiful. Trust me, there's there's more and more people out there, more now maybe than ever, of people that really need to know there's a God who's loving and committed to them and, and forgives them even when they've done wrong. And if there isn't people to preach that word to them, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's good that there are people out there that want to do it uh, from, from, like you said, you and me, I think junior high on. But it's also really good that there are people who have been out there doing something else and the Lord says, hey, I've got something also very important for you to do. So... Um, my name is, by the way, Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky, uh Pastor Emeritus of St. Paul Lutheran and Trinity uh, in, in Darmstadt and New Athens, Illinois. And I am Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, not yet Emeritus. <laughs> We're not for a while. Um, serving uh, actively at in, in, in Ascension in uh, beautiful South St. Louis. And we've been doing wrestling to basics with more years than I can remember. Um, and, and, and Matt, I, I got to think, I was listening to some of our last episodes and I imagine people were saying, where, where is the, the, the biting satire? Where is the hilarious humor at? Uh, but you know, we've been doing the imprecatory Psalms and somehow it, it didn't oh, actually, you know what? No one would be saying that, would they, Matt? <laughs> biting satire, <laughs> hilarious humor. No, no one would be asking that about our show. 
Well, it just kind of permeates every show, I think. No, John, no, you know, I, we, they might be saying, where are the dumb jokes? Well, they that's be true. Saying that's that. true. But no, not hilarious humor, buddy, no. Yeah, but, but anyway, they probably are saying, where are the dumb jokes? But then again, you know, we were doing psalms about David cursing people and wishing they'd go to hell. Somehow dumb jokes didn't seem to fit in to <laughs> that context. Uh, you assure me we have a little lighter psalm today, though, right, Matt? A little oh, lighter? Oh, yeah. So uh, psalm of trust. Okay. Oh. So we've been looking at all different sorts of genres, types of psalms, uh, psalms of, of there's psalms of praise and lament and psalms of creation, psalms of, of wisdom, the imprecatory psalms, the cursing psalms. You know, listen to last week's episode on the podcast if you can, if you missed it, because I, I feel like we had a really good discussion and people don't talk about those psalms. They kind of just ignore them. But we wrestled with them, John. We dealt with it. Um, so check that out, if you, you listeners, if you haven't already. We'd love for you to, to, to listen in on that. But this week, a, a psalm of trust, and there's a lot of psalms of trust. Um, psalm 23, boy, it's probably the most famous one, the, the shepherd psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, and, and I know we've talked about that psalm before, and there's always more good stuff to mine in Psalm 23. Uh, but also today we want to take a look at Psalm 27. Uh, that's one that's, I think, relatively well-known. But I think there's some just nice treasures there in Psalm 27, a psalm of trust. So I tell you what, I'm going to make my wife happy. That's because, good. Well, this has, man, been, this, this has been a different study of the psalms and that we've, we've tried to deal with topically some of the different kind of psalms that are out there. And, and my wife says, well, you know, I like it a lot better when you just read out of the Bible and then talk about it. So for Lynn's sake, why don't we do that? We'll read Psalm 27 and read some verses and then talk about what they say. Is well, that you can't okay? go wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like so, a plan. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. So any comments about those first few verses there, Matt? I mean, they are beautiful. I mean, this is another Psalm of David, um, likely spoken as part of perhaps the, the liturgy, you know, spoken even in a worship-type setting, and how appropriate for the people of God to be able to, to say those words. That I think it's interesting. It's it's in the first. Well, it's it's talking to. Uh, uh, it's just proclaiming, right? It's not yeah. necessarily a, a prayer like the imprecatory psalms were, but this is more just proclaiming this trust in the Lord. You know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yet it's still written in the first person, right? So it's very personal, right? Whom shall I fear? Um, and we think of as individual Christians, most certainly uh, our words can join along with David, right? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whoever we are, whom shall I fear? The stroller is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Um, you know, a beautiful statement of trust. Um, but then, John, I'm, you know, I'm coming right, I, right before I recorded, I, I just got back from um, Columbia, uh, Missouri, which is beautiful, but not quite as beautiful here as, as uh, South City, St. Louis. <laughs> but we, I was there for a circuit visitors meeting, and, you know, we talked, you know, about what's going on in our circuits and what's going on in congregations. And, I, you know, boy, there's a lot of stuff going on where you almost feel like, uh, boy, Satan's attacking the church. And I think because, it's because he is attacking, right? Yeah. 
but I think this psalm can be said corporately too, right? Um, as the church, I think we could speak this psalm and, and say the very same thing. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the stronghold of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? You know, Christ's church here on earth, uh, even with, uh, you know, the, the, the sin and the evil in the, this world, and even, even the challenges and sin that are within the church sometimes, right? Even still, we can say, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So what a, what a comforting psalm that can be spoken uh, in any circumstance, because it's a psalm of, of trust, trusting the Lord, the stronghold. So, so here's, here's the scenario. Because it's interesting, we, we've still got the evildoers assailing him. He's got adversaries and foes. Yep, okay? no doubt. Uh, and so his his response is, "Oh Lord, oh Lord, you 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 destroy these people, right? Cut them off from the land of the living, you know. Blot them out, strike them with a a, a rod, crush them, you know." And, and the Lord says, well, "Well, you know, David, yeah, you're right. That's that's what happens to people that are evil and wicked. Trust me, no one, no no, there'll be judgment upon those who are evil and wicked." Uh, and and uh, so what, tell me again, David, what, what was it that you did with Uriah's wife? I, I can't remember. Oh, that's right. You, you committed adultery with her. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think that, was, that was in one of my commandments, wasn't it? Oh, holy on, that's right. Then to cover it up, you, you, you arranged for her husband Uriah to be killed. Uh, let me think. I, I, think that's in, I think that's a sin too, isn't it? Right up there in the top ten. So in other words, David... I should bring judgment upon you and cut you off from the land of the living. And I think at this point, David says, okay, yeah, but you didn't, Lord. You didn't do those things. And, th- and then David begins to remember this word that he uses so often in the Psalms, has said, steadfast love. And all of a sudden, then the Psalms changed, isn't it? Now, now he's still got evildoers, and, and they still need to be dealt with. We're not denying that. But now his focus isn't on the evildoers but the focus is on the Lord who is his light and his salvation, the stronghold of his life, the, the one that is going to take care of him no matter whether war should rise against him. And I think that's what's really neat about this psalm. Now the focus isn't on the evil and the wicked. The focus is on the Lord who has consistently preserved him. Uh, and so you're talking about these churches that are going through struggles. Uh, and, and I know when you're going through struggles, you hurt. and you're, yeah, you, you do feel like crying out for curses and maybe even feel like crying out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? But just keep going back to the Word. And eventually, slowly but surely, the Lord will say, I'm still with you in all of these feelings. I haven't abandoned you in all of these thoughts that you've had. I'm still here. And I'm still going to deliver you, uh, and I think that that's the great thing uh, that we're now seeing this this other side of what happens when David has heard the gospel. Yes. Uh, anyway, oh, that's, that's, great. that's my yeah. thought. Yeah. And exactly for the, the the church to return to the word, and and for the church to keep returning to um, its head, to its cornerstone, to to yeah. Jesus. Um, and that's what I like too about the 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 very first verse that opens up: "The Lord is my light and my yep. salvation." So, I mean, light and salvation. I mean, both those words, I can't help but think of Jesus. Uh, you know, Jesus, you know, the light, right? Um, that's John, an image. John 8, 12. John 8, yeah, 12. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, the New light Testament. of the world. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then salvation, well, the name Jesus itself, right? You know, the Lord saves. Yep. Uh, his name says it even. So, yeah, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So, so to look, I, I love that, you know, and, and you know, I, I think we're blessed to be, you know, um, 
to have the New Testament. So this has, I think, even a more full meaning for us to know that, boy, that that's Jesus. Yeah, he's my light. He's my salvation. And because of that, the next slide, whom shall I fear? You know, what do we have to be afraid of? I'm saved. I'm forgiven in Christ. He's my light. When times things, things seem dark, uh, what do I have to be afraid of anymore? Um, so so it yeah, remind, wow, that's trust. It reminds me of something that C.S. Lewis said that at first thought, I, I, I wasn't sure I agree with him or not. He said it, it, when we're having struggles and trials, it's actually easier if, if you realize it is a punishment for sin. Uh, and at first I thought, well, I don't think it's easy. And then I realized, well, no, it, it's never easy, right? Isn't that what it says in the Hebrews when, when you're mm-hmm. being disciplined? No one likes that when you're being mm-hmm. disciplined. But but it occurred to me, if, if we understand that that is not the, not the consequence of some specific individual sin we've yes. committed. I'm not exactly. saying that. But it is the consequence of the fact that we are sinful people. We're living in a sinful world. That's just how it is. So, so if you've got struggles and trials, if there are people opposing you, if your church is going through troubles, like you say, well, what do you expect? Where yep. do you, you think you're in heaven. And, and, and when you realize that, because if you don't realize that, then right away you're either going to be cursing the people who are causing the problems or you might even be cursing God that he's allowed the people to cause your problems. But once you realize you're a sinner in a sinful world, you realize, Oh, okay. That's why Jesus died on the cross, so that I might know that, yeah, that's my circumstances, but I'm still beloved. He still forgives me. All these things that are said here, this this is true. You know, no, no, he's always going to be my stronghold, my salvation. None of that's going to be changed by my problems and trials. And then, then I think, then there's a whole different attitude about what's going on. Um, other mm-hmm. thoughts, Matt, or I'll continue reading. No, no, I, I think just a change in attitude. You know, when you know we're in a sinful world, well, then when you get the flat tire in the car or yeah. your air conditioner goes out, well, of course that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Things are imperfect, you know, and, and, you know, instead of, you know, losing it, you know, we just realize that. And it makes us long for heaven where things will be perfect. It makes us long for Christ's return, right? But, but yeah, and in the midst of that, well, yeah, cry out to the Lord and oh, yeah, yeah, the Lord is still my light. He's still my salvation. Whom shall I, whom shall I fear? You know, what, what do I need to be afraid of? And I, I think, um, you know, the, the verse that comes to my mind as, as we discuss this is, is uh, Romans chapter 8. Uh, I think we mentioned Romans 8 in the last episode, but this is a different part of Romans 8 where, you know, um, where Paul writes, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us, yeah. right? You know, the one who didn't spare his own son and gave him up for us, you know, how will he not give us all things? So, yeah, if God is for us, who can be against us? If he's our light, our salvation, whom shall I fear? And, and so the next time your your tire goes flat, and I hope I'm not jinxing you or me or any of our listeners, you know, you're probably going to tire and then think, Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just what happens, and it's okay. We'll yep. get through this. Everything will be yep. taken care of. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've had flat tires before, and they get fixed, and we go on down the road. And the thing is, is God loved us when we had the flat tire, and now he loves us that the tire's in good shape again. That's the one thing you know for sure. Yeah. And, and my so wife's, this, my wife's a lot better about that than I am, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are. The women are always better about I know. that. Yeah. I, I need to practice what I preach. Uh, <laughs> and the beautiful thing is, is if you don't, it doesn't, it's not going to change the Lord. He's just going to say, well, go ahead and curse the tire if you want to. I don't think that's going to help. <laughs> okay. What, one thing, one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high on a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. So what do you think, Matt? Well, yeah, I mean, David's talking about one thing I ask to the Lord, right? To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Um, you know, really a, a clear reference to to worship, to the tabernacle, eventually to the temple. Uh, and even beyond that, you know, a reference to, to God's presence in heaven, ultimately, right? Uh, boy, that's what we seek after that. Um, but when we think about worship today and, and gathering in the Lord's house and, and going to his temple, the house of the Lord, um, you know, I is this our attitude? Is this the one thing we're seeking after? I think, uh, I don't know, but I think a lot of folks, maybe I don't think it's unique to Ascension. They're looking for the 55-minute special, John. I mean, if we get out in under an hour, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy camper. Um, but, but David's attitude is just the opposite. I mean, a longing for that, right? This is what he's seeking after, to dwell in the house of the Lord. Uh, yeah, to gaze upon his beauty. And I think, Wow. Uh, during the divine service, as, as the Lord comes to us and blesses us and serves and forgives us, um, you know, and as we sing together and as we um, raise our voices in, in God's praise, boy, that, that is a beautiful thing that we should long for, right? And, and we do get a little glimpse of the beauty of the Lord as he is there present among us, even as he promises. So I, David's longing for that, I think, helps me uh, long for that and appreciate that all the more. Uh, a foretaste of the, the even greater worship, uh, greater feast and temple to come. So, so let me take this phrase, one thing have I asked, and, and apply it to the story of Mary and Martha. Oh, yeah. Because Martha is the one, man, she had so many concerns. So She had so many flat tires. She needed a fix, yep, boy. Yep. Her life was <laughs> all right. filled with that. You know, and, of course, Mary just sits there, just listens to the Lord. And, of course, she has the one thing necessary, right? The one thing that, that's needful. But but I think that's the problem. I think so many people come to church, including you and me, <laughs> because we think it's some work we have to perform. It's some duty we have to fulfill. Well, trust me, when I have to fulfill a duty, yeah, 55 minutes is, is the limit for me, too. <laughs> right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, in fact, I, 45, 40 minutes would be better when I've got a duty to perform. I want to spend all hour taking out the garbage as quick as I can get that duty. But see, that's the thing, and that's what David's teaching here. It isn't about doing anything for spiritual duty. Uh, you know, I won't say you should stay home if that's your attitude, uh, but I think you maybe need to think through what you're doing because the whole business of going to the Word is because it's hard. We struggle. This is not an easy world to get through. We already established that. And in that worship, we, we're going to learn some beautiful, beautiful things about a God who loves us and forgives us and gets us through whatever trial and struggle, even when we don't think we're going to get through. He He's the one that gets us through all that. And that's why we go to church, because you're not going to see that anywhere else. I'm sorry. Uh, except maybe in Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs> or other other programs that you find on KFEO that focus on the gospel and about Jesus Christ. But only in those places you're going to find these kind of encouraging things. Yeah, yeah, you find it where Jesus is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where God's present, where God is present. 
Um, the other thing I think is interesting, you know, David, he doesn't really long to be uh, a priest, right, in the house no, of the Lord. No. He's not longing to even be come to the house of the Lord as King David, no. right? But he, I mean, really, you get the thought just as a worshiper, um, just to be in the house of the Lord and and <laughs> to be hidden in the shelter of the Lord and, and this beautiful picture we have. And, and I think, you know, that's true for each one of us, that ultimately— yeah, we, you know, you and I, John, we, we come as pastors, right, and, and have that call. But, you know, before before we were called to be shepherds, pastors, uh, we were sheep. <laughs> we still are sheep. <laughs> and and to come to the house of the Lord, for, for all of us, no matter who we are, to be fed, um, to, to worship the Lord, and to do so with that same longing uh, and zeal uh, that David has. And and that is our struggle as pastors. I don't think that people appreciate because how easy it is for us as a pastor for it to become a work. It's a job. Yeah. And and the only thing I've ever experienced in my 40 years of ministry or even now as I, I go uh, itinerant preaching is to, to have that gospel. And then it's different. Then I'm just excited. Man, I'm going to go in there and boy, I've got this great thing that the Lord showed me in his word. I just want everybody to know about this, this God who is so committed to us. You just can't believe how committed he is to us. And then it's not, not work anymore. Uh, uh, even though we're going to be there for 55 minutes too. Like, like we want to be there for 55 minutes. We could be out playing golf or something, you know, but again, the gospel just, and I, I hope Every pastor who's listening to us remember that when you go in there, you got to bring people the gospel, the love of God, because it's hard. It's really hard for us to believe that, and, and we have to hear it, and it has to be really clear. And, and by the way, if I, before, don't you love the pictures that we have here? Oh, yeah. I, I would say of all the, the, all the, the, the building pictures we have, we, we, we have the, the house of the Lord. Uh, we have, don't we have the temple in there somewhere? Yes, yes. Uh, which, which, by the way, man, I, I looked it up, and it's not really temple, because there is no temple when David is writing this psalm. Yep. Okay? Yeah, it's a tabernacle uh, still. Uh, but it, it's it's actually the word for castle, or, or uh, palace. That's the word I'm looking oh, cool. for. Palace. It's a place where a king lives, see? Uh, and yet what I think is really cool is he comes down and he joins us in our tent, isn't that remarkable? Here's a guy, a king, who deserves to live in a palace, and yet, well, he comes down and he joins us in our tent. Why? Because he wants to be wherever we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And isn't isn't that the picture in the Old Testament, that, yeah. that you've got God, who is the heavenly creator, and yet he comes down in a tabernacle because why? Well, the tabernacle goes wherever you go, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and then we've got Jesus, who's the Almighty yes. God, the Son of God, and He says, "Oh, I, I want to come down and be with you." And so He comes down and He tents in our our flesh and blood. So I just thought, what what a beautiful picture for us to understand a God who really deserves to be up in the distant, far away from us, and yet this is a God who wants to be in our tents to watch over and protect us and hide us. Exactly. Yeah. And and just simply because he loves us. I mean, there's no other reason that I, <laughs> I can think of, right? Yeah. John? If we don't deserve it, um, he doesn't have to come down. He can do whatever he wants. He's God. But just purely out of love for us, his mercy, his grace comes in and dwells where we are. Uh, that's that's beautiful. And, and someday um, when Christ returns, we will dwell where he is uh, when he takes us to be with him forever. That's the completion, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, that's the completion. Yeah, yeah thank you. Because thank, that, that finishes the circle. He comes down, and sooner or later we will join him in the mansions he's prepared for us. 
Amen. And then we really will gaze upon the beauty of the Lord uh, in his temple, right? Uh, yeah. we, we really will face to face, which, you know, is, <laughs> you know, is beyond kind of comprehension. That's going to be amazing. And, and one more thing before we leave these verses. I thought it was interesting that he doesn't get rid of the enemies. He doesn't get rid of the trouble. Rather, he joins us and protects us and conceals us and hides us yeah. in, in his shelter, uh, in, 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 in his house. Uh, so, again, if you do get the flat tire, don't think that that's because God no longer loves you or, or he's trying to get at you for something you've done. No, no, no. It's just how it is in this world. Until, as you said just a moment ago, until he finally does take us out of this world. And, and I don't want him to do that right now. Lord, if you're listening to me. I don't want a flat tire, but I'm not really particularly at this moment ready to leave this this place either. I am. <laughs> Are you? No, you're not. Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> no, no, no. Your wife, your son, your daughter. Well, they'll be there too, John. Yeah, but that's we got plenty of time for that. <laughs> it's an eternity up there. Yeah, well, I don't want to die, but boy, if Jesus returned, uh, I, I'd welcome him. Well, that's okay. I'll buy that. Yeah, if Christ would come back, that's that's okay. I just don't want to leave temporarily. <laughs> gotcha. He can come now. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair that's, enough. I'm with you there. More, or should we keep reading that? Well, I think we got to wrap up, John. Oh, my goodness, we're over time. This has been Wrestling with the Basics. Many church workers always knew they wanted to serve in Christ's church, but for some, the passion to become a pastor, teacher, deaconess, or other full-time church worker came later in life. Leaving a career to pursue this life of service is not without challenges, yet these are sacred and joyous vocations unlike any other. Set apart to serve, the Church Work Recruitment Initiative of the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate is here to help. Visit kfuo.org SAS to learn how you can put your experience and skills to work through full-time service in Christ's church. That's kfuo.org SAS.